Hello, adventurers. My name's Tyler. And I'm Richard. On today's episode, we're talking about officially supported third-party content on D&D Beyond. Welcome to True Strike. Howdy, folks, and welcome back to the show. Today we are talking third-party content, but not just any third-party content. We're talking what the supported third-party content. Huge, yes. We've seen a little bit of this a bit ago, and we'll get to it, with Critical Role. That was kind of the first thing we've seen, especially with them. We They have the official Dungeons & Dragons, Watsy published Critical Role books, you know, Wild Mouse, stuff like that. But... Yeah, we've we've seen some of Critical Role's own Daring to Press published things pop up on D and D Beyond recently. Yeah, this is uh, honestly something that I wasn't sure we were going to see. Yeah, like, exactly. And not like that we would never see third party content officially supported, but it was with the whole OGL controversy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. thinking back to the beginning of the year and where we were at as far as content was considered. And how everybody that did create third-party content from D&D was all like, uh-oh, we're done. Yep. <laughs> Nobody's making third-party content for Watsi anymore. Uh, and now we're back here, and we're making third-party content. And not only are we making third-party content, but we're getting fully supported third-party content. Right. In which my, is pretty exciting. In my favorite place to have it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, I think that's the biggest thing when we say officially supported third-party content. What we're really talking about here is D&D Beyond. Right. Right. So not just officially supported where you can go download your PDFs, your print and plays and everything like that. We're talking about actual D&D Beyond supported material, which is next level when it comes to oh, yeah, easily. how you're accessing your data. It's how we access really everything. If we're playing Dungeons and Dragons, we are almost exclusively using D&D Beyond whenever we can. Yeah. Right now in our home game. You're using some uh, not officially <laughs> not supported. officially supported third party yet yet exactly yet. not supported I yet. Can see it? Oh, I I, I can see God, it. I hope so. Yeah, so I'm back to the basics right now with the the pen and a pad, uh, which is working. Yes, but we definitely have felt the pains of it already. I know I, know I have. I, I don't know if you have yep. felt the same way. We felt the pains of it being a like almost exclusively beyond using party yeah for all of our campaigns except Always. for our little one shots that aren't dungeons and dragons right of course yeah but anything dungeons and dragons we've been running in D&D beyond all yeah. of my main characters are in D&D beyond in our our home game uh, we always try to play in person and but schedules don't always align this most recent game is a good example of that where we all played online on yep. your own discord and using the encounter builder on D&D Beyond, we were able to go through, set up a combat, see everyone's like health pulls and everything like that. And you had to use an old character to, to roll. just be your fill-in yeah, and roll on there and digitally. Roll. And I, you know, it's not the same hit, you know, hit die and everything, hit pull, and it's tracking. It's a little weird. And every time I saw their name, I was like, ah, nope, that's not their name. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not able to go on your character sheet on there and look at your stuff and reference on the fly like I could everyone else where oh I know the barbarians turns coming up let me go to their page really quick 
just so I can check out their stuff. If they have any questions, I've already got it loaded up. And when I got to your turn, I just had to know you had it handled. And I had to just wait. Just wait and see what you're going to do. I couldn't look ahead at all, which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's but it's different to our different. current flow of things. Yeah, it, it does change the flow in pretty much any game. Not even just online. When you think about it, really, when you're using D&D Beyond, you have like this extremely quick high-level access to yeah. literally everything and and not just as a player like, and the dm yeah as a player and a dm because as a dm you can load up my character sheet look at my spell list you know exactly what's there if you don't remember a specific spell you can just click it right there's the information right there me playing a experimental class number one it's not in D beyond right. number two there are spells on there that aren't in D and D beyond yep. because they are not in D and D. It's true. So these are uh, yeah. spells that are test level spells, yeah. uh, which means that you got to be able to reference those. So, you know, we have a printout of my character. I have a printout of my character. Yep. So it is a little bit harder to do that. And that's the, the cool thing about third party is that you can do stuff like this. You can have these experimental classes, the experimental spells, experimental monsters. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, it's it's a lot easier when you're dealing with beyond because everything is kind of just there at your fingertips. The whole it's never been easier. Yeah, <laughs> is, it's true. It's true. It, it has never been easier. It really makes things so much more streamlined and so much better that, you know, it's it's exciting to see that you can that we have people that are now established mm -hmm. creating third party content that can be consumed in this way. Yeah, absolutely. And while we're at that. I guess we might as well touch on, yeah, Critical Role's uh, Taldori Reborn, yeah, which had been self-published and released. I think it was about a year ago. Yep. And it was in, and it, the, the Reborn side of that is that this was a remaster of sorts and fine-tuning of, you know, the book they'd pushed out earlier, you know, years ago. It's back, and it was great. And I had always wanted to purchase it but none of my local gaming stores have it. And I didn't want to pick it up online because there's some, you know, within a drive, a, a decent little drive of us that do carry it in store. So I was going to pick it up. But always knowing digital is my preference. Um, I still plan on picking it up physically. But man, I wish it was on D&D Beyond because I don't want to buy the PDF. What am I going to do with that? Same thing to me as having the book. Now, fast forward to more recent times and well, a couple months ago. And I open up the D&D Beyond app, and would you know it, it's there. And I'm like, whoa, that's new and exciting. And okay, well, I get it. Critical Role has already done stuff with these guys before. Established. They're established yep. relationship here. They're helping each other out with this. But it's awesome. It means, and I... I immediately purchased it. I think I messaged you and yeah. I was like, look at all the things. Feel free to choose any of this stuff going forward. It's all available. Like that's awesome. And I love it. And you can, you can access it. I can share it, etc. And I was like, cool. That's established relationship. It's nice to see that. I hope this opens up the doors for other third party content. Fast forward to maybe a week or two ago. Similar thing happens with Ghostfire Gaming and very specifically for us looking up, the Dungeon Dudes put out a video saying that the Dungeons of Drakenheim, which I have physically right down there. Right down there. A little rat. Plushie right here. All from that. Whoa. 
Because that's another uh, world I've wanted to run games in. And I have all the miniatures and the dice and everything for it. And it's like, okay, back to basics, pen and paper. It, you know, is what it is. I definitely prefer D&D Beyond, but that's not an option. It never will be an option. And now it's an option. Yeah, and now it's an option. I didn't expect it. Yeah, I'm going to double dip. I'm going to rebuy these books <laughs> digitally, of yeah, course. Well, because the ease of access. Everything yep. gets so much better. Yeah. And wow, I'm this is super exciting. And just to touch on that too, not the only book that they put out. Yeah. Ghostfire Gaming also released Layers of Atheris on there as well. Also to my surprise, because when I went up, went on D&D Beyond looking for Dungeons Drakenheim, I saw that too. And I was like, oh my goodness, what else is coming out today? And I think it was just the two. Yeah. But the door feels pretty wide open right now. Yeah. And I think that's the most exciting thing is that it's the door opening. And not to say that Dungeon Dudes isn't like big, right? And that Dungeons and Dragons time isn't big. Right. But when we're thinking about like when it happened with Critical Role, like we kind of, it wasn't, it was a surprise. Yes. But it wasn't like a huge surprise, right? Because one, you're dealing with, you know, an established relationship. We know how deep Critical Role is into the ecosystem and where they stand in the yeah. hierarchy of everything. They're also massive. Like yes. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Ma they are a juggernaut of basically product. Right. For TTRPG groups, they're they're the top. Exactly. Yeah. So not to say that, you know, the Dungeon Dudes aren't like top tier. No, they're great. Yeah. But it we're talking different levels here. Yeah. And the fact that we see Dungeon Dudes come in makes this door look like it's so much easier to walk through. Right. And that's I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to talk down Dungeon Dudes wow, or anything like Richard. that. Because they're Starting. great <laughs> and their product is amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. But the very fact that this is happening mm -hmm. is super exciting because then the question is now what's next? Exactly. Like how easy is it going to be for creators to become officially supported and get in onto this, this whole thing? Yeah. That's, Ooh, there's good questions there. And I wonder if we'll ever find out, was this a Watsy approaching Ghostfire gaming or was this the other way around? The other way around. Yeah. And if so, yeah. What, what's the procedure? What's it, what's it going to take? For Kobold Press, if they were, you know, they've got their own system and stuff now. If they were to be like, hey, let's officially release some of this stuff, especially the loads of content they've already made for oh, 5e. Oh, yeah, so much of it. If What's it take for them to get their stuff officially supported? Yeah. Is it possible? Uh, it seems like it's not impossible. Yeah, it seems like it's not impossible. And it's kind of, it's best, it's not best for, it's good for everyone involved. Yes. Right, because so. it's not bad for Watsi because it now has more material, more material more options for players, more appealing along, right? Mm -hmm. It's good for Cobalt Press if they were to do it because now their material is more out there, right? Yeah. So they're now more known and everything like that. So it's a it's a win-win for everybody. But I, your question of like who came first, you know, like was it the chicken or the egg? So sure. did Watsi approach them or did they approach Watsi? Is really the one that I'm curious the most about because I am curious to know timetables. Yeah. Right? Like how long did this deal take? take was this deal in the works during the ogl controversy Ooh, maybe it got slowed down because of it and it got you... slowed down because of it or is this caused because of the ogl controversy yeah now that's the question is it like when did i, I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to that because but... my gut reaction to that is oh this is them trying to backpedal get good graces the as much branch. as possible yes the 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 math, the, the olive, it's just the, the tree. olive tree. Yes. <laughs> they went to the, the nursery. Yeah. The branch isn't going to do. Like, hey, <laughs> we, we, 
we thank you for covering us. Thank you for releasing this content. 5v. Here's all this other stuff. What if? Huh? Huh? You come on D&D Beyond. You know, I make a little something. You make the other something. And everybody wins. And maybe that's exactly what happened. And it's kind of just a... We need to show that we're willing to work with creators. Very openly and publicly. Yeah. To gain back as much trust as possible. Or was this already in the works? Was it already in the works? Yeah. And that's kind of where, like, if I had to guess, if I was a betting man, yeah, I feel like it was probably already in the works close to the OGL. Really? And that's just because my my whole thought process is, is it cannot be easy to get to this point as far as publishing, right? I know they were already, like, there's a publisher, there's a book and everything like that, right? Yeah. So that part is done. But there has to be, like, a whole extra step as far as like legal teams looking over documents to make sure that what's being published now to the masses online is acceptable. So another editing, essentially like another proofing, another editing, uh, another approval setup that has to go through and corporate America is slow. Anybody that works in it knows that everybody that looks at red tape knows that. So it seems like this would take a bit of time to do. So it's something that didn't happen. I would imagine in the last two months and or did it? I did it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like it would. I mean, the content's already made. Sure, you'd have to everything read through, et cetera. And then adapted mm. to online media, getting I mean, it onto at, their services. At the end of the day, it sounds like it was Watsy and Ghostfire Gaming really hashing out all the finer details. Yeah. There are two companies that are published and are... Yeah. My gut says this was after. You think it was this after? This is more yeah. Olive Branch than not, but... Maybe. 100% could see it being I, I could see it being something that was in the works around the time of the OGL, could not be discussed because of NDAs. Yeah, so it yeah. couldn't be brought up then, couldn't be brought up, uh, you know, until way later. And then at that point, it was a, you know, what's the point of bringing it up? And then let's just move forward with the publishing. And that's just because I would, you know, would think that it would take some time to get something like this happening. But maybe I'm completely wrong. And it is something that can happen quickly. And if it can happen quickly, so that's the other thing is that if this is something that didn't happen, so if you're right, they hashed this out in the last two months, right? That yeah. has some pretty greater implications as far as how easy it is to get material right. into the system. Because if it's that fast and all you have to do is have a, essentially a published product of some format, be it hard copy or maybe a, a print and play kind of the setup. If it's that easy to translate that into D&D Beyond and become officially licensed third-party material, then this makes it easy for all kinds of people and all kinds yeah. of companies. And that means that we have a lot more options possibly coming. Yeah, good point. My last thing for my my stance, for actually, I thought of while you were talking about that, the Dungeon Dudes, along with, you know, of course, Jenny D, good friends, you know, the two shows, were two of the channels that were most out for blood <laughs> yes. when it came to yeah. the OGL stuff. So if they already had this in the works, because, you know, part of this is, oh, it came out that some creators had already seen the offering and everything ahead of time, and if they accepted early, they would get a better percentage. Yes. So potentially, let's say Dungeon Dudes, Ghost Run Gaming, hypothetically, were some of those that had already received the thing. You would think they wouldn't be out there openly going against this so hard then maybe 
or would you? Because now it's, well, I mean, it kind of goes back to the whole, like, you know, that actually, I think I would argue the opposite (laughs) is that if I was in that situation, whereas like, okay, I'm talking with the company, um, we want to publish this stuff officially on their license and everything is going great. The OGL is awesome. This is really going to work out for us. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we're also renegotiating. And they slide that paper across the table that now says that your profit margins are changing drastically were they though and that you are not going to own that property we're going to own that property now i'm gonna be extra angry yeah because we're like in the middle of this negotiation and now you're saying this to me and now i'm gonna be more blood in the water So this wasn't so in in your version of this this deal hadn't been completed it hadn't been completed yeah it was begun around the controversy yeah interesting which would That's make that, possible. which would explain why they were so upset when the OGL happened. Not to say that you, you know, like being upset at the OGL is yeah. non warranted. <laughs> right, right. Um, that, you know, it's its own conversation there. But it would explain why they were very adamant, especially compared to some other creators, because yeah. they had skin in the game, maybe. This is all conjecture. Yeah, totally. And it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, except for, like I said, the implications of fast publishing. Yeah, you know, and, and like I said, if if they if this didn't exist then, then it's a good sign, I think, for anybody that is interested in getting their their stuff onto D and D Beyond, because yeah. if it's that easy, it's never been easier, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it's either way. Like you mentioned, it's it's here. Oh man, I'm I'm just excited for this. And it, hmm, what do you think? This do you? Th- oh man, hold on. Let me put the thoughts. Let's stir them up. Shake it out, spit it out. DM is guild. Mm-hmm. This is that's where I'm typically expecting to find content like this. Yeah, release digitally. third party. Yeah, you know, Watsy gets their little piece of the pie from that because that's where all the third party stuff typically officially supported by Watsy, but not dungeon. You know, D and D Beyond is through DM's guild. Are they cutting off DM's guild, moving towards a D and D Beyond model? Is it going to affect DMs Guild? Absolutely. That's I think what I'm so. wondering. I think it's going to, yeah. Because I mean, like now you're you're going to cut into DMs Guild traffic. You, you know, even if it's even DMs Guild still exists, which it's probably going to. Will it though? I think so. I think DMs Guild will exist. And you hear me out. We'll get to the I'm end here. of the argument. I'm here. Um, I think the DMs Guild will exist. I think that DMs Guild is going to feel this because you are taking away traffic. So let's just say, for example, I have my my module that I've created and I have it hosted on DMs Guild. And this is pre this third party break, right? Yeah. I have this hosted. And now for the next, you know, two years, everybody that's using this content, they're going to DMs Guild to get that content because that's where it is hosted. Yep. A year into this, I get approached by Watsy. They want me third party officials on DD Beyond. Now I'm on DD Beyond. People that are coming back for my content because it's so awesome and so great are no longer trafficking to DMs Guild. They're going to DD Beyond to get that. That's going to happen to them. That's going to happen to DMs Guild no matter what moving forward. They're going to get their traffic cut into because of the fact that now some of that material is eventually, hypothetically and hopefully, going to transfer over to D&D Beyond. It still might exist on DMs Guild, but why are you going to go there for it if it's in D&D Beyond? You're not going to. So that traffic that you would normally be sending there is going to go away. However, this is why I don't think DMs Guild is going anywhere, is that not everything is going to be third party supported. And even if it is, so like, let's just say that they're trying to be DMs guild. Yeah. And they're just going to start taking in stuff like just 
send us an email with all your attachments. We're going to send it to the review team in two months. It'll be officially supported in D&D Beyond as long as it play tests well and checks all the paths, you know, passes all the checks and everything like that. There's still going to be that stopgap time period where you're going to have this content just waiting to be put on to D&D Beyond. Where are you going to host it? Where's it going to go? It's going to go to DMs Guild. What if your stuff isn't ready for published and it needs to be play tested by people? Where's it going to go? It's going to go to DMs Guild. So that's why I think they're still going to exist because not everything is going to hit the pipeline and make it a D&D Beyond. I think <laughs> maybe they will. Who knows? But I assume not everything is going to make it there. Right. And there has to be a home for the misfit children. <laughs> and the Isle of the Misfit Toys is going to be DMs Guild still. And that's for playtesting or stuff that's just not going to make it onto D&D Beyond. And there's also that little subsection, which we're going to talk about, which is stuff that will never be approved for D&D Beyond. Right. Because there is content that will never be approved for D&D Beyond. Because at the end of the day, they are a family company, and they do have to be careful what they publish. And there is a lot of not family-rated content, right, that can be hosted elsewhere that is never going to make it into D&D Beyond. And that stuff's going to have to have a home. So why wouldn't that be DMs Guild? Well, I mean, DMs Guild is still Watsy official. So I'm sure there's guidelines and stuff they have to follow there. Yeah, but I'm sure they're less stringent Are than D&D Beyond. Are they? You don't think? It's possible, but also that was started up years ago versus their modern values. True. Okay. I think D&D Beyond's done for, or uh, DMs Guild, sorry, is done for. Oh, harsh. Yeah. I think um, with the way they're going, and the acquisition of D&D Beyond, which they didn't always own D&D Beyond. No, that's true. This this was a purchase and a merger, so to speak. And now that every they're trying to get their eggs in this basket, they don't need DMs Guild anymore. D&D Beyond fills that. What you do is you take this old stuff that's PDF only, you host it on D&D Beyond on Marketplace as legacy content. It's PDF only. It's still there to purchase everything nice, one clean site, and then there's officially supported third-party content where creators can go through and they can they have creator tools where they can make class. Because you, right now you can't make uh, races and stuff like that, actual classes. But you can do subclasses and things like that using uh, creator tools as in uh, just as a DM I can go in there right now and make subclasses and weapons, magic items, things like that. Yeah. So why not open that list up just a little bit? For creators to go on and make third-party content, and they sell third-party content with, you know, a little star thing, and you have access to it, and you're you can give your players access to third-party content, including check, 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 this weird thing, because at the end of the day, it's your game. It, who cares if they don't agree that your frog deity class or uh, needs to, you know, balance has issues, whatever. It's your game. You allowed it. You you bought it and you left the little checkbox. Your players could use that, whatever. And then the old stuff, if it's not... Because uh, I don't think it has to be them. I don't ha think it has to be Wizards of the Coast going on and adding all the bits and checkboxes for your and information for your players to have access to. I think the creators can do that. They can handle that themselves. And it's up to the consumer to decide whether it's really worth the purchase or not. 
I don't know. I, mean, I, we'll, I think that's we'll putting I think that's putting a lot of control out of their hands. And I think you're getting closer to the hot mess that is the is D&D the wiki. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like the extreme homebrew scene. So maybe it does have to be approved. That, Either way. Because like, I don't know if you've been on there recently. No, never. And it's, I don't go into there, are, there are YouTubers that, that use that as a source of subject matter. No, we, we don't talk about the D&D wiki. <laughs> because of the stuff that's on we there. We shouldn't be talking about it now. <laughs> is insanity. <laughs> and that's basically what you're saying, right? Is that you're going to open it up to be that part, a subsection of D&D Beyond? Where... But you still have to meet the community guidelines. Okay. Everything you make has to be... Because that's how it is now with D&D Beyond. You have to meet certain guidelines. Otherwise, yeah. you're, you're gone. So, especially if you're sure you're looking to sell stuff. And I don't think it... They already... When you publish on D, uh, DMs Guild, everything you publish becomes owned in one way or another by Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. So you've already given them. You've already given them. Yeah, you're for them IP. to take it there and move it to D and D Beyond is out of your control. They just can do it, and there is no reason for them to upkeep and manage two websites, including one that's probably getting less and less and less traction and you know clicks, views, and everything else. When they could just funnel onto one site, get as much traffic as possible into one place, because D and D Beyond is the place you go. For your D&D content. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. I guess it really comes down to how how they're going to handle it. Like, are they are they really looking to cut out that entire team? Because if so, that's kind of sad for the DM's guild folk. How many people are there? Do they I, who wanna, knows? Do you want to move them over? Do you need to move them over? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, though. Because these are people that are... Let's... Uh, you're, you're, you're TP... What am I saying? You're keeping up and maintaining DM's guild, right? which means you have a particular set of skills, a particular set of skills that are now going to be needed on D&D Beyond, on D&D Beyond if back you're end. moving the same content over. And D&D Beyond might be newer to this kind of work because this isn't this uh, public market <laughs> isn't something they do currently necessarily. I mean, like I said, you can homebrew stuff and share that with the community all day long. And it's similar to that, but with money involved. <laughs> <laughs> so I, there could be some cool crossplay there. And since they own both companies, wh- why not? You you know, if Watsi's still signing the, the check or Hasbro or whatever. Yeah. They're still, if they're still striking the check, then I guess it does make sense. The, the app will definitely need some work. Oh yeah. If we're, if we're have, introducing, have you, well, have you been on the D and D beyond app lately? Like speaking of app, the app has changed. So the last couple recently. of games that we've played, I actually haven't used the app because in the past it's been not a pleasant experience. Right. I've been using the browser version on my tablet. So instead of using just the handing app. you this. Oh, it looks different it already. Already has okay. been updated. Yeah, it has been updated. Yeah, okay. it shows you more recent uh, books or player or characters stuff like that. Spells you've looked up recently on your front page, and what would it take to have one more tab? for market or not just market but third party content i i accidentally clicked your characters tab yeah. and saw some of the names of characters that you have <laughs> here i'm not gonna read them out loud because there's some fun ones in here but one of them it made me giggle <laughs> but yes well now I need, so, which one are we talking about uh, oh <laughs> 
I think I know which one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes. Um. So yeah, the, the, it does look like they are working on the app, which is good. But I think it will definitely need some serious overhauls if we're going to if we're going to basically have it take over the entire role of DMs Guild in addition to everything that it's currently doing. Yeah. Because I think right now the app would struggle with uh, that amount of content. I think they're up to the task, though. I think this is... It has to be. If they want... They're already going to be introducing more and more... Uh, they've got the maps system right now that's an alpha. That is... Eh, it's, it's, it's usable. I think it'd be great for remote games. We tried using it in person, and man, there's a lot of hoops to go through for using this in person. I don't think it's designed for using it in person right now. But when they demonstrated using it... <laughs> <laughs> Not only was it, you know, 3D, whatever, instead of the 2D like it is now, but they were using it in person. And I yeah. think a lot of groups are going to want to use a virtual map on the table where the DM sits on one side and throws it up using D&D Beyond with all the character models and everything already ready. And you really can't do that without sharing your screen and the players see everything that's under the fog anyway. So you have to make open up like a secondary window with another character logged in. And it's such a pain in the butt. It doesn't make any sense at all. Why is there not a player view that you can display to the second screen? But it's an alpha. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure they'll get to it eventually. We'll get there eventually, yeah. But that's you've got this coming up, right? You've got the new versions of the books coming up. There's a lot of new and exciting things coming to Dungeons and Dragons in the year of our Lord 2024. Why not a revamp that we've just kicked off of the third party content? And a revamp of maybe a, a DMs Guild merger, maybe kind of thing? It's is it even a merger if Not they're the merger, same if they company? Just kill it. <laughs> right? I mean, my, my biggest concern is, because I, I don't remember, honestly, is your Dean to Beyond account and your DMs Guild account the same account? Is it the same login? It's not the same login. I didn't think so. No. So there would have to be some way, they'd have to have an account linking They're going to have to have, yeah, essentially. It can't be, it's not going to be so clean. Because they can't have you just n not own everything you already bought. Yeah, because they're going to have to figure out a way for you to own everything that's there yeah. if they're going to transfer everything over. But that's doable too. Yeah, they're, I mean, they it's not the first impossible. company to have done that. Yeah, it's not impossible. It's just, you know, it's probably going to take a little bit of work. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe they've been working on it. Maybe they have been. Yeah. If you really, uh, you know, you made some good points and there's, there's yeah, a sorry, very distinct possibility that DMs Guild is gone. And if that's the case, this is not the first discussion that's ever been had about it. Obviously, they are probably been discussing this. The oh, man, what was this? It was D&D.com, right? Was that I'm, I'm probably misquoting the name of the website. But I believe it was last year there was another Dungeons Dragons website that they released things like the Unearthed Arcanas and things like that on before D&D Beyond. And once yeah, this they is acquired, before they acquired D &D once Beyond, they acquired yeah. D&D Beyond, they noticed traffic on there was significantly higher than their own site. So they canned that entirely and just said, all of this is now on D&D Beyond yeah. because that's where you're going anyway. Because that's where everybody's going. And so. if they start supporting more and more official third-party content, why not just have every all of your eggs in one basket get as many eyes on D&D Beyond as possible because then you're going to get the players that exclusively play third party content, homebrew stuff and they love DM's Guild. This is where they get all their stuff. They don't go to D&D Beyond because they do print and play. They don't do the digital character thing and they're grumpy and don't ever want to change. <laughs> they're set in their ways, Richard. There's nobody like that exists. It could <laughs> Come on. It couldn't Let's be better. Be on it. <laughs> and 
well, maybe, you know, you you rip a Band-Aid, you upset them, and you make them go to D&D Beyond if they want to keep accessing that content that they love. And while they're there, maybe they roll some digital dice. Maybe they do make a character because you get some for free on there. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah, that's true. Which also brings another question, too, uh, which you kind of touched on a little bit when you're talking Ooh. about the interactive maps and all that, is where does the VTT stand in all of this? my gosh is you mean as far as third party goes yeah i i'm third the vtt feels like such a weird thing to me right now yeah it's that's the thing is about the vtt is it seems such a a foreign concept because it seems more like the when we had the discussion about the vtt before it seems more like a video game than a tabletop game but But we do know that the VTT is going to support official content, right? So we know that a lot of official content is probably going to be in there. Now, Mm -hmm. this is where it gets hard is because when you're when you're dealing with first party content, that's easy for them to shunt teams to work on 3D models and to generate all this stuff. But now you have third party. So does that mean that if Dungeons uh, of Drakenheim wants to be in the VTT? they have to now present to Watsi assets for the VTT. Because without that, you're just going to have to use default assets. Could you plug and play stats over, you know, like just random models? Probably very easy. But I mean, anybody that's going to release content for the VTT is going to want to release content for the VTT. So they're going to want it to be flashy. They're going to want custom made stuff, especially if you start dealing with, you know, custom races or species, my bad. Uh, or custom monsters and stuff like that. You don't want to have to use stand-in miniatures for that stuff. Rebuttal. As is right now. Now, granted, we've both watched the same advertisement from Wizards of the Coast, where they're showing off the fancy Dwarvenforge-like miniatures on the cool 3D world, and you move them around. It shows your distance for your spells and everything like that. We've watched this. We know that's coming. That's not what we have right now. No. What we have right now close. is a JPEG of a map, the official maps from the book, which is still incredibly useful because you can pull it up by the module you're running, sort the location and the map and everything, and pull that up for your players to see. If you're using D&D Beyond for that, you also can click on the campaign if you're running, uh, you know, have all your players in one campaign on there, and it uses their character token that they've already set as their image as the character so you choose the party boom they all pop up on screen and then any monsters that would be in the game or in the world in general that you have access to you can pull from a slider or a little drop down menu and place them on the board as well add your fog of war etc whatever why not just that you could have dungeons and drakenheim go on they've already uploaded all of their digital assets to DD beyond you're accessing you know essentially pdfs uh, of of all of this so the maps are already there the images are uploaded well you go into the maps is it 3d no but it's this all of the maps are available they're on a drop down you choose what map you want did they take the time they've already uploaded character art for any for monsters and stuff in the game probably if they have custom ones well they just need to choose the token like the cutout for the token is it the face of the monster what is it Boom, now that monster is added in there too because you have access to the monster, you have access to its stats. Why not add that to your drop down? It, it would be there anyway if, if you're doing an encounter builder. So, all of that information is already being uploaded. All that has to happen now is it has to be sorted 
into the setup for the map, which in itself is just an extension of the encounter builder already on D&D Beyond. So you're just taking that, taking your encounter builder stuff, taking the tokens, 2D, placing them on a map, which is already on D&D Beyond, and boom, it's set up, ready to go. Is it 3D? No. But the, you don't have to have a whole team dedicated to building this up. We haven't even seen like the maps that are on there, the modules for Curse of Strahd and, and you know, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, stuff like that. We haven't seen 3D recreations of any of these yet. No. So at this point, we're just, we think they're coming? Oh, I think we know they're coming. But they're not here yet. No, no, we haven't seen them. But what we have seen is a very specific style and a very specific look to it. We know they're coming. You know there's going to be a Curse of Strahd. Is there going to be? Is yeah. there going to be official first party 3D so. recreations? Or is 100%. it just going to be making it up homebrew style no. with a level builder? I think it'll be, I think we will see texture packs that are specifically for Ravenloft. I think yeah. we're going to see texture packs specifically for a bunch of different modules. Texture packs, I 100% agree. But yeah. are they going to do the work for you or do you have to build it yourself? No, I think that they're going to have available packs. Like, I hope so. I think they're going to have, and I've, if you if you know anything about like design or anything like that, if you look into like Unreal Engine and stuff like yeah. that, you have um, basically, what's the word I'm looking for? Not content packs. Um, resource packs. Okay. Uh, so you're going to have resource packs um, that will be all the stuff that you need to build those specific worlds. Right. And I think it'll be like you either buy the module as a whole, right? Or you piecemeal it out and you say like, I don't want to buy Ravenloft or Curse of Strahd, my bad. I want to buy Ravenloft resources. You'll buy those Ravenloft resources. You'll be able to use those to create your maps. What I don't think will happen is what you're describing is being able to use 2D in a 3D environment. And the reason for that is continuity. Well, I'm not saying 2D in a 3D environment. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying that like the VTT, generally speaking, is a 3D environment. They are billing it as a 3D experience, right. not as a 2D flat experience. So that would be akin to like, say, Baldur's Gate 3, right? So mm -hmm. that's out right now. Um, we go home tonight. We log into Baldur's Gate 3. There's now third-party Baldur's Gate 3 mm -hmm. content available, and we download a side quest thing. And we log in and then we go and we zone off the map. And now instantly we're dealing with flat terrain with tokens. Right. It's it's going to be very but, disjointed for the players. This is you assuming. To go from there to there. This is you assuming that the maps as is is going to go away. No, Some, I don't think it's going to go away. I'm, I think that's still going to exist in its right. own subsect. Uh-huh. But VTT is going to be there. So... The question then is, is, it's not that those two things are not going to exist simultaneously. Mm -hmm. The question is, is the VTT going to ignore third-party content Probably. or require specific things of people, like as in they're going to have to come in with their own packs, which means now you have somebody like the Dungeon Dudes, who is a, a small-scale publisher, right? Mm -hmm. So they're publishing tabletop games to now fundamentally becoming a a triple a video game developer <laughs> out of necessity to stay with the the trajectory sure. of dungeons and dragons because that is that is the future that they're going to head to they're they're probably trying to shoot for and i'm sure if they had their way that eventually in the dystopian future of tabletop gaming the tabletop is referred to the yeah. table in which your computer is sitting on right right the I, I I absolutely see a future where we've got both. We have maps as is, and that's where I think third party content can thrive. You would still have access, and then that's 
I think that works best for local play, which is why I really want them to get the second screen thing figured out. Yeah. Because that's going the one to. you're going to throw up on your table and be able to flip through maps on a dime. Like you're just map, 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 map. What do you need? Where are we at? Boom. You're in, you're in Ravenloft. This room, this room, this room. Oh, over here, this floor. Boom. Good to go. Discord, playing over Zoom, stuff like that. I think that's where your, your actual VTT is going to come into play. Because we sit in this room and we pull out our tablets and start playing D&D. Like this, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind, <laughs> and I'm I can't throw that on the on the table on the map. It just feels weird. Like, <laughs> all right, guys, take your tokens, or I'm like, all right, tell me where you want to move. We're gonna watch this video game of our characters move around the board. If we were all, if you were at your place and I'm at my place and another player somewhere else, that's fun. I do like that because then it is kind of the Baldur's Gate of across the internet. We're all sharing in a actual basically a video game. We've had an episode about this. Uh, that's its own thing. I don't see myself using that as much as I would just traditional 2D maps even though. And that's where I'm thinking. I No, I do not think Dungeon Dudes are going to go in here, learn how to code, and make this, you know, this sort of thing. I do think people will recreate maps from Dungeons Drakenheim using the VTT toolset, but I don't think there'll be a officially supported pre-made vtt map pack so your official stance is there's no place for third party in the vtt for the three-dimensional <laughs> VD- vtt but for two-dimensional map assets yeah as is right now in their maps alpha test 100 percent, i think there's absolutely place for any third-party content especially supported to the to the level of dungeons drakenheim yeah i think that yeah for the current setup it's not a huge stretch for somebody to be able to make that stuff compatible because it's just at the end of the day, it's just maps and token references. Stuff you've already uploaded. It's stuff you've already uploaded. You're just stuff assigning that's it there. into a drop down menu. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you're adding grid lines to a map because you didn't put grid lines on it originally. <laughs> because yeah, it was I mean, just not it wasn't meant to be a map that was, you know, putting models on and moving right. around. It was just meant to be a map for reference as a picture. And and for those, because there already are some like that, if it's just for reference as a picture, they don't have lines. It's, it just is what it is. If this isn't a battle map, it doesn't need grid. Yeah. You, I mean, feel free to throw it on there itself. Maybe Watsy will just, it'll, maybe that'll be a feature coming up that you can add grid lines. Overlay grid. Right. There's no reason not to. I mean, literally just drag and drop, like how, where do you want this? How big do you want the squares to be? You know, sort of situation here. I, yeah, I, I think I'm done. <laughs> I to, Visual stance, 2D, I think we got a good shot. 3D, you're going to be making it yourself. Yeah, you're going to make it yourself. Yeah. Overall, I think that this is just a really kind of exciting time to see. 100%. I'm hype as heck yeah, about this. I, I'm very happy about it. Um, Like I said, I, I wasn't sure that we were going to, that we were going to see this. Yeah based on what had happened earlier in the year. The the OGL was a... I mean, you say earlier in the year. It was December last year, right? Yeah. So we're at, like, the anniversary. The anniversary of it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it, yeah, it all, wow. all that kind of went down, and then, like, things really came to a head. And then, like I said, it, it, it felt like third party was going to wane, like, hardcore. Yeah. Like, that it was going to... Like, this was going to be our last real year of seeing 
really good third party content. Just stuff that had already been in development. <laughs> yeah, and it, it just it you know I was kind of worried that we were gonna we're gonna see anything, and not only were we not gonna see a lot, that we weren't gonna see anything that was gonna be officially supported in this way, like on D and D Beyond, which yeah. makes things just so much easier. So it is very exciting to see this happening and to see it happening on a scale at which it seems realistic for a lot of people to transfer content over. Yeah. And before the conversation this evening, I hadn't really thought about the implications of DMs Guild, the level at which we discussed tonight, <laughs> uh, which is pretty interesting because now I think about it and I think about your argument about it having it uh, basically like their own place for print and play. Yeah. So it's all still there except now it's actually easier to access because now I'm thinking about like, you know, using the app and going through and like logging onto DMS guild and trying to parse out downloading content to view through there and saving it to, you know, your cell phone or whatever, your tablet versus loading it up an app and having everything so easily accessible. Liching hour we did for one of our Halloween games. Yes. I, I purchased it on the DMS guild have to download the file oh it doesn't work on one browser let me open up a different browser on my phone download it there save it in my files get it to open up open it up with chrome if i close my phone screen guess what oh it doesn't load up so now yeah. i have to go back to files open it back up make sure i don't close the tab and you know make sure i don't close it all good to go if i just own it and it's part of its own little tab on dnd beyond open it right up it's there and it saves your progress and everything. It, I'm assuming that wouldn't change as far as D and D beyond app functionality as it is. If anything, it should improve. Yeah. I'm super hype about it, especially with the ability to download the content, every single book, every spell, every species or class. I have all that saved on my mobile device. And if we don't have good internet access, like in the metal box that we record in the, it's all there. It's never been easier to pull up and act, uh, you know, access a spell or a ruling that I need on the fly. And if I could do that, the same thing with third-party content, which right now I can with Dungeons Dragonheim and Tad Warrior Born. Yeah, I would love to be able to do that with the Liching Hour and other uh, wonderful content released by creators. Yeah, and like I said, it's really good for the small creators. It's really good for Watsi. We're getting visibility all around for people that are breaking out and trying to create new content and yeah, trying to get it out to the masses and then Watsi for keeping people interested <laughs> and keeping Dungeons and Dragons relevant. I'm making myself believe this needs to happen now because now I'm excited that I can have all my content in one space. Yeah. Or fun. what about your homebrew content eventually being on D&D Beyond? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's mine. It's my own. You don't want to share that with the masses? They wouldn't want it. I don't know. It's pretty uh, interesting well, concept. Share, right now, as is, you could share it anyway. Because if you make homebrew content, you can publicly share anything you create. As long as you're not infringing on the rights of licensed content. Yeah. You could share whatever you want. Other people can rate it. They can use it in their own games. And there you find a lot of really cool shit in the game because of it. The community on DD Beyond is wonderful. Always commenting and sharing and it really helping each other create the best game we can together this would be doing it in like with you know financial stakes behind it potentially and i don't intend on selling any goofy items or whatever we come up with <laughs> at least not yet i'm just saying that once we're like you know two years into uh into your custom whole world and watsy approaches us and they're all like hey <laughs> we want that true strike 
you know, on the official D and D Beyond. Look, we may have. We're gonna have to come back and reference this video. And we I'll be all like, ah, you're eating that crow. We may have. <laughs> we may have. You know, our custom homebrew stuff. Blah 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 blah. But after we finish Strahd, um, one of our players wants to start playing in a candy world. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we're gonna have to do that first. We're pushing, anyway, <laughs> we're pushing your homebrew world. Yeah, it's further true. and back. Every yep. every month. Yeah. <laughs> it's going further back. Yeah. That's why we had to start playing uh online games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on before we head out of here? No, I think we uh pretty much covered everything I want to talk about in this. I'm sure which we've was gotten stuff. Super happy fun times. It is a lot of super happy fun times. I do enjoy the debates. I agree with everything you said. I also agree with everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> I like your stance. Yeah. I my stance is that I'm perfectly divided on both sides. Slightly leaning towards I mine. <laughs> personally enjoy sitting on the fence. Yes. <laughs> it's quite comfortable up here. Join it's me. It's quite nice. Yeah. Uh, what have we turned... What has this devolved into? <laughs> we should escape before it gets worse. Uh, so, for now, I've been Tyler. And I've been Richard. And we've been... True, True Strike. Strike. Hey, adventurers. Thanks again for joining us today. Please be sure to give us a follow on our favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. If there's any questions you'd like to write into the show, you can hit us up on threads or Instagram. New episodes release every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for listening to True Strike. <laughs>